This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to have you. If you haven't checked out our newest podcast in the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, make sure you go check out the Ready to Run podcast. Hosted by Kurt Roser, physical therapist and sub-elite long-distance runner and Efron Cabalas, DO sports medicine physician. These guys are bringing great conversations with athletes, coaches, clinicians, and researchers to share knowledge within the field of sports medicine. And I really think you'll enjoy the show. It's called Ready to Run. All right, today on All Have Another, my guest is Helen Schlachtenhofen. Helen is a 1500 meter runner. She recently placed sixth at the USA National Championships in the 1500. She placed fifth last summer at the Olympic trials missing third place by just two seconds. She then went on to run her personal best of 401 in the 1500 meters at her first diamond league last summer in Sweden. And she is one that y'all are gonna wanna be watching if you aren't already doing that. Helen went to Dartmouth and ran with the Saucony Freedom Track Club for a little bit after college, but now is running with Nike, which she recently announced this past March. And, you know, when we recorded this episode, she had recently signed this episode was recorded a couple months ago. So I'm excited to finally get it out to everybody and share Helen's story with you all. If you are not already staying in touch with what she's up to or following her or having your eyes on her in the 1500, you got to make sure you do that. You can find Helen on Instagram. She's Helen Schlock, S-C-H-L-A, CH17 over there. All right, friends, this episode is supported by Prevenex. I talk about Prevenex all the time, and I just really believe in their products. They're clinically effective supplements that promote longevity, performance, and everyday health. If you are looking for a really great protein powder, I love their Nurify Plus. I love the chocolate and the vanilla. So easy to shake up after a run and get some protein in. I usually shake it up and have a banana on the side, get my protein and my carbs right away. And they also have multivitamins. And what you runners might really be interested in is the Joint Health Plus, which offers the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. They also have kids vitamins that I feed to my kids every single day. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, or Lindsay15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5, for 15% off your first order. All right, friends, thanks for being here and enjoy my conversation with Helen. All right. Well, today on I'll Have Another Podcast, we have Helen Schlachtenhofen on the show. Welcome to the show, Helen. Thank you. So excited to be here. So you're training in Flagstaff right now. Yeah, um, I've been out here for a couple of weeks um, and then out here for a few more doing some altitude. So fun. Do you like it? Um, I do. You know, I like at first, this is probably my third time uh, doing altitude training. My first time I was like, I don't know why anybody would put themselves through this. But <laughs> um, now I think I'm like, 
I'm used to like the specific type of like suffering that uh you like have up here but um I like it I feel like I get a good a good like bang for my buck out of it too it's kind of a necessary evil though when you get to training at your level right like you have you kind of have to do it yeah I mean I think I think so like I think it helps me a lot like it's it's tough to be away from home but I do think it's like it's worth it um and like it's there's a certain like focus who you get when you're like in a, a place like specifically to train um so I think that's also part of it okay so who are you training with right now like who are you at camp with I need to know all your team situation stuff <laughs> so right now uh no one <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm mostly on my own um I'm at camp with uh my boyfriend's teammate uh Brian Schrader um yeah we like every single time I've come out here it's been like less and less of us until now it's just the two of us out here um but have been able to kind of like jump in with some other runners who are like also just kind of out here training which has been nice okay so I know you were being coached by Kurt Molly Huddle's husband but are you still being coached by him yeah so I'm still I'm still coached by Kurt okay tell me about that relationship um Kurt is awesome I yeah I've loved working with Kurt he, so I started training under him last spring, which was like a little bit scary, like going with a new person that close to the Olympic trials. So like, uh, I feel like I got really, really lucky. Um, he's just like a very like level-headed calming person. And, uh, I've, I've, I've really liked his training. Like it hasn't been anything super different than what I've done in the past, which I like. It's been like a nice smooth transition. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been great. How did you choose to work with him? Um, so it kind of just like shook out that way, I guess. Um, so at the time I was with Saucony and we had kind of like, uh, they just let go of our coach. And so we had kind of like a, a void and he stepped in, um, to the interim, um, since he like they're based in Providence and I was in Boston. So it seemed like it was like an easy kind of like natural thing. Um, and then just like really, really liked working with him. So kept, kept on. That's nice. Are you still based in Boston? Yeah, I still am. Okay. Tell me what you think about living in Boston, the weather, all the things, and you weren't there for the Boston marathon. You live there, but you're in Flagstaff. And it had to have been like the nicest, like looking at least from afar, Boston marathon weather, like weekends that I have ever seen. Um, yeah, I love Boston. I've been there. This is probably my fifth year, I think, which is hard to believe. Uh, COVID such like a time warp. I feel like I have not lived there for that long. Um, yeah, definitely like a lot of positives and negatives, you know, like to any city, a uh, lot of traffic and, uh, it can be chaotic, but it it is like a pretty incredible running community and just community in general. And like, you know, like the winter is tough. Luckily, I've like gotten to escape it like a lot of uh, the past few years just going away to training camp. But the spring and the fall there are just like absolutely beautiful. Mm. And like, I, I mean, it's also cool. I feel like I've never really been to a city where like everybody just really likes like being outside whether it's running or biking or walking or like anything like any day you go out on like the river and there are just people like everywhere just doing their thing and I think that's I I really like that do you live like in the city so I actually live in Cambridge um yeah but I mean pretty close I'm probably like a 10 minute ski ride from the downtown 
Yeah, we. I usually stay in Cambridge when we do. Oh, really? When we go out to Boston, if we if we go out for the marathon, we usually stay in Cambridge just because it's like it's just a little simpler. Like it's not so crazy crowded, and it is like a quick little bike ride over the bridge yeah. just to get over there if you want to like bike to the expo or something. Yeah, where where in Cambridge do you stay? I don't even know. We stay at um yeah, I mean you probably know all the streets and all the places, but we stay um it's usually um one of the Marriott's like a, a Marriott suite like Spring Hill Suites or something like that, I think. Okay. It's like okay. there's a restaurant right next to it and I forget what it's called, but we usually like just walk over there and sit at the bar and you know the day or two before and hang out and it just seems not that I don't want to be in the crowds in Boston but like it is kind of a little bit more chill over there a little yeah yeah especially like marathon weekend it can get pretty like crazy yeah like you're still with a bunch of marathoners in the hotels but it's just not quite as as congested yeah totally um so you're sponsored by Nike which congratulations that's like a relatively new thing right yeah super new um signed just a couple months ago okay that's awesome yeah tell me about the switch from Saucony to Nike and the decisions that played into that yeah I mean I think it wasn't like it was it wasn't like a huge like process or a huge decision I think I was just kind of like ready for a change and like that's just kind of like what what ended up happening um yeah I mean I like I really really liked like I me and everyone else uh the Nike spikes and like the Nike product <laughs> like everyone uh, so, else like that <laughs> that made it an easy an, an easy choice um on that front and then um like I'd been with a team at Saucony and that team had kind of like fallen apart just everybody going different directions so it didn't seem like there was like that much of a future with that for me anymore um so yeah it was just like kind of like I was ready for like something new Okay, so I'm curious. You live in Boston and you're a 1500 meter runner, and we know we have a lot of 1500 New Balance women living in Boston. Do you yes. ever hop in to do like a workout with them? Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I love meeting up with them. They're like such a great group. Um, over the fall, I feel like I did uh, some stuff with them because, like, it's, so it's hard because we're not all there at the same time because they also come out to Flagstaff a lot. Um, but then I'll sometimes meet up with them out here too. Uh, but yeah, that has been like a really, really nice thing being in Boston, being able to like link up with them whenever I can. Um, do you ever want to be part of a team? I, I feel like that's just like the direction a lot of people head and we still see some like super legit athletes like yourself training on their own, but tell me your feelings on that. Um, so I actually like have always really like, that's like, uh, something I've loved about the sport is being part of a team. So like, I've never actually like sought out training on my own um it just kind of like uh like I said like the, t- the team that I was on slowly like over the last like two years just kind of devolved to the point that I just like ended up training on my own sure. but like if I had the choice I would definitely pick being on a team okay um I think it just kind of like happened this way but like I definitely prefer to train with other people um and that's why like I mean there's an aspect I'll say of training on your own or like having the flexibility of being on your own that is nice um like you can base everything around like your specific needs like I can go out to altitude when I want and like also still be able to like work in with other people like when you want but definitely there's something like really really nice about like the team dynamic and like that kind of like support system that I like I miss and, and really really enjoy having uh especially like through college and all that so do you feel like you get 
a little bit of support like that just from the running community in general. I always think it's so cool that group uh like people from different groups and teams sync up to like if you're in Flagstaff and you know of a couple other ladies in Flagstaff you're like hey you want to sync up for a run yeah I mean I definitely think like the running community is just very like small and tight-knit and so like you don't have to necessarily be like on the same team or the same brand as somebody to like run together and have that like kind of relationship so I think I would say definitely like the running community does serve that role um as well Okay, so Helen, for those listening, was fifth at the Olympic trials in the 15 last summer. So it was a pretty big year for you. You feel like you had a lot of breakthroughs? I mean, obviously, so fifth was like definitely like a bittersweet uh, finish because like obviously I was shooting to, to make the team. But also at the same time, like if I had like asked my college self if I like ever, ever thought that I would be in that position, like that was like just nothing that I, I even like had on the table for myself. So I would say like that was, that was definitely a breakthrough year for me. And then competing also like through the rest of the summer at like some kind of higher level, um, higher pressure meets and just like having to like manage that stress and still try to perform well. I think that was like a big, a big step for me as a runner and as a person, honestly. What do you think that last year taught you and like, the wisdom that you took from that, that you'll be able to take with you to try to make a world team this summer? So, I mean, specifically with like trying to make a world team, um, I think like the rounds are tough um, and it's tough to like try to like stay calm and focused over like a a period of time. So I think just having experience doing that uh, will help. Um, I'm someone who gets like really, really nervous and like worked up before races. So I think just having that like, uh, practice of like trying to be like as like Zen as possible, which honestly for me is like not that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just like being able to like manage like nerves more effectively so that they don't like tip over the edge where it becomes like destructive. I think that helps. And then I also just think like having like the confidence that like I can compete, like, on that level and like not being like intimidated by other people, like feeling just like a sense of like, when you get to the starting line, like I belong there. Uh, I think that always just like helps when you're at big competitions, like helps you feel like empowered. Okay. I'm wondering like, you know, saying that you get nervous, I think everybody gets nervous in some way, shape or form. And some people handle like those nerves a little bit maybe better than others or whatever. But like, do you get nervous saying that you, you know what I mean? Cause you don't want your competitors to think, Oh, well, Helen's nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I like definitely, you don't want to seem nervous before yeah. the race. You want to seem like you're just like have it all together. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I definitely think everyone gets nervous to like varying degrees. Um, and sometimes I do think it's like a positive, like it, I think it like makes you able to perform at like a level that you wouldn't in like practice because your like system is so elevated. Um, but then, yeah, it can definitely like quickly become a negative if you like go down the slippery slope of just like spiraling. So, um, yeah, you, but yeah, you definitely like beforehand, I'm trying to like walk around like looking like as calm as I <laughs> can. <laughs> What about like, what are some things that you've done to control that, like to get yourself in the right headspace? Because you obviously don't want the nerves to take over. So that's something I'm definitely still working on. Um, 
I think for me, like a big part of it is um, just like the sort of like numbing effect of just getting used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, so after you always like the first race I do is tough because like you just haven't felt that in a while. But then after like the middle of the summer, I'm just like kind of used to that feeling. For me also like listening to music is a big thing before. So you're just like not really like focused on like being stressed out. And then um, I think like being in an environment where you're like around other people and you can like talk and just not have not all of your like mental energy be directed towards the race and what you're going to do, which is like kind of paradoxically, like you'd think you'd want to have all of your focus directed at like the race. But I think like sometimes it's nice to like be a little bit distracted beforehand so that you're not, you know, getting crazy worked up. But yeah, I'm still, it's like a work in progress. I'm still kind of trying to figure out how exactly to like best manage that. I feel like most people probably are right. I just, it's probably a thing that, you're constantly working on and refining no matter how skilled you become at it. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it too, for me is like, so I drink coffee before races and there's definitely like a (laughs) fine line with like how much coffee I can have before it starts to make me like a little bit wired and overhyped. So Uh that's part of the equation as well. Do you reserve coffee for race days? I know some people do a little extra hit of caffeine on like a race day. Um, I do. I have it pretty much every day. Um, I I maybe drink like a little bit more on race days. Um, but it pretty reliably, like I would say coffee, like really affects me. (laughs) So uh, pretty reliably affects me, like no matter what. But like on a race day. So like, do you wake up in the morning and have coffee? And then obviously we know track races are usually later in the day. Then will you get a hit at like two or 3 PM or something? Yeah. Then I'd have like another one, like maybe, an hour and a half before I warm up or something. Okay. Like and normally that. you yeah. wouldn't have one that late in the day. No, definitely not. Cause then after the race, I'm usually like, I stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you a, are you a night owl? I am. I've like tried to shift that actually like this altitude trip specifically. Um, because I think I'm probably like one, I'm more productive in the morning, but also like it's so windy here. Like mm. it's nice to try to run earlier before the wind really picks up. So like I've tried to like, become more of like a normal person on like a normal schedule but I think if I was like left to my own devices without like this like scheduling of society I would probably be like like a nocturnal person <laughs> I'm definitely a night person <laughs> so what what does that mean now what are, what time are you trying to hit the bed um I've been trying to go to bed like by 10 okay out here that's yeah, pretty normal person part. time yeah yeah sometimes like if I'm if I'm home sometimes I'll like go to bed at like midnight um But then, yeah, it's it's just hard because then you like shift and you're off schedule with everybody else. This episode of the podcast is supported by ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus, with real verified patient reviews, you can find the right doctor for you. One that actually remembers your name. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed take your insurance, and are available when you need them. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. 
That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash another. ZocDoc.com slash another. All right, back to the show. Okay, so you are in Flagstaff now and you have a race May 6th, the sound running meet, correct? Yeah. Okay. How much longer are you in Flagstaff and where is the sound running meet? Where is that taking place? Is that California? That's in California. So I think that's about uh, two weeks now from tomorrow. Um, Yeah, so I'll be in Flagstaff until then and then I'll just go down straight into into the race. I can't believe that's in two weeks. I can't either. It's honestly, it's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So in, you said you're with your boyfriend's friend. Is your boyfriend also in Flagstaff? Yeah, he is. Okay. So then will he travel with you to the race? Um, He will. I think he's also going to race, but I'm not sure what yet, the 5K or the 10K. Um, okay. So, but yeah, he'll, he'll be there as well. Tell me about your boyfriend. I don't know his story. Um, So he, so his, his name is Brian Trader. Uh, we both just started on the same Falcony team together. That's how we met in Boston. Okay. Um, and then have been like together for the last three years. Um, okay. Yeah. It's been really nice, like being out here with him. Um, so he's actually from Flagstaff. He oh, cool. went to NAU. Um, so it's funny. He like did the reverse move that everybody else does moving from Flagstaff to Boston. <laughs> I bet that was a around. jolt to the system. Oh yeah. He said it was definitely like a culture shock and very different, but um, I think he likes it as well. Uh, but it's fun to be like out here with him because we do like a lot of running together and he like knows all the spots and um, like shows me all of like the the trails that he ran on in college, but also just like fun stuff from like growing up and and everything. So like yesterday we did this cool run. Um, we ran to the bottom of Fisher's Point, which is just this really pretty like um, huge cliff rock thing that uh, was like. I don't know. I've, I've never, I'm from the Midwest and then have lived out in Boston. So like, I've never really seen the type of land formations that exist out here. So you know, I haven't that's... either. I'm also from the Midwest. Where are you from? I'm from outside of Chicago. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. What suburb? Yeah. Not that I will know, but. Oh, uh, Lake Forest. Okay. I've heard of it. I'm from, well, I'm from Indy, but um, okay. my husband's from Northwest Indiana, which is an hour outside of Chicago. So. Okay, cool. Haven't been to the Chicagoland area in a while, but they're there for a while, like right out of college. We were kind of up there a lot more and my sister-in-law lives in Chicago. So I didn't realize that's where you're oh, from. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like um, I haven't been back in a bit, but it looks like they're having like a pretty miserable spring so far. My mom and my sister live there and it's been like pretty gloomy. <laughs> uh, so is your how's your boyfriend? Uh, 30. Okay, and so um, he does 5K and 10K? Yeah, he's kind of done everything. Um, he also is, like, running the mar- – he ran the marathon trials and then was, like, running the steeple last summer. So he's kind of, like, bounced around. What did he do in the marathon trials? So he ended up dropping out. Okay, okay. <laughs> kind of a bummer. Okay. But he he did run 213 prior to that at Chicago. okay. That's fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's kind of like moving back from the marathon and kind of like looking at going on the track again. Um, so hopefully this summer we'll like do some 5Ks and 10Ks. Yeah, we'll see. Do you, so like how often can you actually run together? If he's, I mean, he's obviously running a little bit faster than you probably. And so like do you, but he's doing further distances. So maybe not that much faster. So like I would say, so for training runs, I... 
I run like decently fast on training runs just because I got used to like the last few years, like even when we had the team, it was like mostly guys that I was training with. So I would just kind of like got kind of like thrown into the deep end with it and like really suffered for like six months. And then it just kind of adapted and like started running with them. Um, So like we'll do training runs together. And then sometimes his like 5k, 10k pace will line up with my 1500 pace. Like if I'm, if I'm lucky, so I can kind of like hop onto like the back of him if he's like doing a track workout or something, which is like super, super helpful. Um, and then what does your training with Kurt look like? Like, does he totally devise all of your schedule or do you, are you working in some of that as well? What does that look like? So, um, it's a pretty nice balance. So he's not like, I know there are like different levels of involvement with, uh, different coaches. Um, and I would say he's kind of like a medium level where so he'll write like all of my workouts and specific days that I do like strides or like 200s or um kind of things in between workouts but then from like the standpoint of just like mileage or um easy runs like I kind of do my own scheduling with that or like when I need a day off um just because I feel like I've done this for long enough at this point that I kind of like know my body and like what I what I need on that front but um he'll write like all of my workouts and then I'll just like, it's, it's a little hard right now because, um, because I'm like out here and he's not, um, he's about to have yeah. um, baby in like any day now. Um, so exciting. yeah, so very exciting for them. But so like, I'll have to sometimes make like, au- like audibles based on the day, um, which normally I would say he would do if I, if he were there, but, um, it's a nice, like, it's a nice balance. I'd say. What does that mean? Audibles for the day? Oh, just like I need to like, like call like a make a call based on like, like if it's like super, super windy and I'm like, oh, like maybe I should do 300 instead of 400. Like sometimes like I'll make that call where like if he were here, like he would or maybe he wouldn't. But like so like I guess I would have more say in those instances. But usually like he is kind of like the one who's telling me what to do. So when you're when you're in Boston, though, do they live in Connecticut? Uh, they live in uh, Providence. So is it close enough? Is that close enough for him to come down for workouts? <laughs> it's, it's it's like an hour. Okay. Um, so it's not terrible. And we'll kind of do like, I'll usually go down to Providence like okay. once a week so that he can like watch a track workout. And then he coaches some people in Providence as well. And so like sometimes I can hop in uh, with like what they're doing depending on the day. So like sometimes that will be helpful. And then uh, – so in the past, he's come up to Boston for some workouts, but right now is co- uh, coaching at Brown, okay. so has been a little bit busier. Uh, but hopefully, in like in the summer, he'll be able to come up for some again. Okay, so let's talk about college. You went to an Ivy League school, Dartmouth, and you walked on to the team. So yeah. I think that's kind <laughs> of a fun piece to the story, considering the success that you've had and. I think it brings um, hope to maybe a listener who might be like a younger runner wanting to have some professional success, but thinking like, if I'm not, you know, if I'm walking onto a college team, like, is that really in my cards? Yeah, I would say like that definitely, like I would hope like the, t- the takeaway is like, you just like, you don't have to be like a, a star, like at every point in your career to continue to just like improve and like, um, like a lot of it is just about like what your trajectory is and like the like longevity of your career. Um, I would say as, as a high schooler is like honestly more important in a lot of ways than like immediate success. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely was like 
uh, in high school, like pretty good for my school, but just like, I wasn't like a, from a powerhouse program. And so like, I, I didn't even know that I like for sure wanted to run in college. Like I wanted to run on a team, but didn't think that it, I was like, maybe I'll run for a couple of years. I don't really know. Um, and then loved Dartmouth, um, when I visited it and I talked to, so it's funny cause, uh, Mark Coogan, who I now like see a lot, uh, in Boston, um, was the coach when I, uh, my freshman year. Of oh, college. he was at Dartmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so like, I'd reached out to him and he was like, honestly, like you're not really fast enough at this point. And then I like ended up just like getting in and being able to, he was like, you know what, like you can like, you can join the team. And then I just like slowly kind of progressed, uh, from there, but definitely my, my freshman year, I think it's like, sometimes it's funny to me to think like, I would definitely be like the last person that I feel like any of my teammates my freshman year would have thought would be still running. <laughs> um, oh, that's so funny. I was like, I was definitely like, uh, kind of like getting my ass kicked a little bit um, on the team. But it, but it was like a good it was honestly a big your freshman year. experience my freshman year. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you became a world re- or world you became a school record holder. Yeah. So I would say like my my freshman year was like a big shock to the system. But then and I was also just very caught up in like, you know, like college has like there's so many things to do. Like I was very much in like the college life of just like being overwhelmed by like a million activities. And then I think after that, I got more kind of invested in what I was doing with running. Um, and then just kind of like progressed through my last three years. Um, and then yeah, my senior year, I like went to regionals, my whole goal the whole year had been to make nationals. And then that's where I ran the school record. I like ran a seven second PR in the 1500. And was like, and that's kind of when I decided I also was like, I kind of want to keep running like just to see if there's like, because I feel like there's just like more there that I never got to like reach in college. So that's where I kind of decided I want to keep going. I mean, seven seconds in the 1500. That's insane. Yeah, that was like, I th- and I, I think I was just like, I was very like shocked by it. And I think that's where I was like, well, I didn't even like realize that I w- was running that fast in this race. So like, I feel like I could run faster and like, I kind of want to like see uh, what I can do. What was that race like? Were you a leader? Like what, what do you think uh, led to it being so fast? I don't know. Um, I just didn't think about the splits or anything at all. I just, I like literally was like, completely single-minded focus of like I just like really really wanted to make nationals um and so I just like sat in like the middle of the race but it was like just like no matter what I just like won't fall off and then uh like ended up feeling good the last 200 and like had a, a pretty good like kick but yeah I never thought about like the pace we were running or anything the whole entire time which I actually would say is like most of the time, if you're going to run fast, unless it's a time trial situation, like that's the way to do it is just like not even think about it and just focus on competing. Yeah, like doing what you're capable of and getting to the finish line as fast as possible in the best place yeah. as possible. Yeah, and then you'll probably run fast. Yeah. What was it like um, training or running Ivy League? Um, So I think it's pretty different. I loved it. I like loved my coaches and like the team and like the culture and environment like I had a really really good experience um but I would say it's definitely having talked to like a lot of other runners with like a lot of different like uh backgrounds in the NCAA system like it's definitely um different just because I feel like at least when I was there um the competition 
is more just like internal within the Ivy League. And so you're not really getting out to like as many big meets as maybe like other schools. And like, I think the focus is always like a little bit different. We definitely had more rules about like when you could have practice and stuff because like the academics is always going to like determine the athletics, I guess. Um, So I think in that sense, it was different. But I don't know. I, I think also things are changing now just because people are like, they're like schools are competing at like bigger races. They're flying out to California. Um, and like also now BU has become such like a fast track hotspot for like big indoor races that like now you have more IVs going there um, in the indoor season. But yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. So sounds like academics were really important to you you chose Dartmouth. Did you apply to any other colleges? I, I applied to a bunch of other colleges. Um, so I actually almost ended up running at Williams, which uh, is D3, but like I really liked the school and like I was kind of looking for that like small, like New England feel. Um, yeah, so I applied there. I applied to like I don't even remember now. Um, some other IVs as well, I think, Cornell and Princeton maybe. Um, but I did really like the like feeling of like, I mean, Dartmouth is pretty unique because it's just like so remote um, and like you're just kind of out in the woods, which I really, really liked. I feel like that would feel, um, I don't know, maybe going to a big city for school would feel more scary than like being out in the middle of nowhere. But it, it's a big change from being in your yeah. suburb of Chicago. yeah. It definitely was, but I was kind of looking for, like, I wanted to go somewhere totally new. Um, and, like, so I have, I have family in, like, Connecticut, so I'm, like, not totally unfamiliar with the East Coast. So it wasn't, like, it was, like, a completely random place. But, um, like, I, I was definitely excited about, like, the idea of, like, exploring, like, a new area of the country. And, yeah, a city a city would have been maybe more intimidating because that just would have been like, you're really just like thrown into it. Whereas like Dartmouth is still like a pretty small community um, and like very tight knit. The town's really small. What did you go to school for? Um, So I studied psychology and then uh, was pre-med. So I still ultimately want to go to med school. Do you? Um, I'm actually studying for the MCAT right now. You of. are? <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> studying. You got a full um, plate. I took it actually right out of school because I like didn't think I was going to like, I just kind of decided to run on like a whim um, and thought that I would maybe do it for a year. Um, And so I was like, I'll take the MCAT and then probably go to med school and then I'm still running and my MCAT expired. So I have to retake it. (laughs) But so you took it and whatever score you got was good enough to apply to med school. Yeah. And then then I didn't. (laughs) So I'm like kind of kicking myself, but I mean, I, I would, not really, because like I I wouldn't have been able to give up running, um, but yeah, I just probably should have waited. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm like maybe maybe it will come like all this stuff will come back, so it'll yeah. be easier to study the second time around. And I don't really mind studying; it's like kind of a nice thing to do with running because it's like flexible and you can just get in like time whenever you're free. Uh, so it's not too bad. Yeah, um, just less Netflix, more MCAT studying yeah but like I said it's like I've not been doing the greatest (laughs) when do you want to take like when's your timeline for when you want to take it um so I had wanted to take it at the end of May that's just definitely not going to happen um 
And then it just gets so crazy with races over the summer. And I don't want it to like detract from that. So like, I'll probably end up taking it, I would guess like early fall is now the new target. Yeah. So then what's the timeline once you take it? How long does that stay good? Um, So it lasts for for three years. Okay. Well, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah. If I let this one expire, like I just shouldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So uh, yeah, so like once I once I've taken it, then I have like a at least a pretty decent window um, for when I can apply. I'm trying to think of other runners. Marty Heher is the only one I can think of that's like gone through the med school thing while competing at a high level. Can you think of others? Um, I can't really think of others. He's like the I don't know how he does it. He's like an inspiration though. Where I'm like, well, maybe you can do both. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, I would imagine he's so busy. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I think you just have to be all in on the couple things that you're super passionate about. I don't, I don't know how you would have time for a social life or anything like that. I mean, Marty, if you're listening, chime in, maybe you have like the most (laughs) robust social life I've ever known of, but it just seems like you, you have to be all in. And also if you compete at the level you compete at, you seem like the kind of person that probably is all in on what you love to do. Yeah. And I think, so I think that's definitely part of it. And also just like, I think probably like eliminating like time wasting things that like, I think I probably waste like a lot more time than I even realize just doing like dumb random things. Oh, don't we all? So like, I think if you just kind of like pare down that stuff and yeah, I like, I definitely like, I'm a personality type that likes to be like very all in. So I think that is like suited to me, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, that'll be exciting to see. I mean, if it lasts three years, you can like just go all in with running for a couple more years yeah. before you have to really like distract yourself a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's the plan because, yeah, I definitely want to go at least through like 2024 um, and then kind of see what happens from there. Hey, friends, this episode of the podcast is supported by Gooder. If you're not already wearing Gooder sunglasses, you got to get on it. They have the best sunglasses that don't slip around when you're out for a run. They have so many fun colors and styles and they're so affordable. They're so much fun. They pretty much have a sunglass for every occasion. I actually really love the Apollo Jize for nothing style right now. They're super fun and they're only $25. And here's the thing. Did you know when you leave a rating and review on this podcast, we enter you in to win a free pair of gooder shades you just leave us a rating and review on itunes or spotify send me an email lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com and we give away a pair of these every single month but if you aren't already wearing gooders you gotta get on them go to gooder.com use the code another 15 and that'll get you 15 percent off your order at gooder that's gooder.com slash another use the code another 15 for 15 percent off your order all right, back to the show. So the sound running meet, um, uh, national championships, trying to make a world team in July, June or July? Um, June. June. End of June. Yeah. Okay, end of June. So like what does the fall look like for you regardless of all that? The fall is usually like pretty low-key. Yeah. Um, kind of like a downtime reset uh, period. So like – not a lot going on in the fall. Which um, makes sense for the MCAT situation then. Yeah, yeah. That's like a perfect time to kind of like be really focused and like do that. 
Um, yeah, because then you just kind of start to like slowly build up like mileage and training again, but nothing is like high intensity or like high stress really. Just comes back on around. Do you ever have any, well, cross country is probably a little long for you. As I say, do you ever have any interest in doing cross country? Um, I'm terrible at cross country, unfortunately. <laughs> I like I did one race after college, um, my first fall running pro and uh like almost was like really it really made me question if I should like continue <laughs> running or not um yeah I don't know I've like talked about this with other people as well because like it like I train like I do pretty high mileage like I train like a a strength-based 1500 runner so okay. it seems like I should be good at cross-country or like road races but I think it's just something about my like running economy or whatever that like I just don't really get anything out of the ground when I'm running uh like not on the track um so I mean I would do it for like fun or like enjoyment but probably not competitively so then do you swing up like are you do you swing up to five or swing down to eight with the 15 um so last year I was more swinging down to eight um and I'll probably do that this year as well I like really like the 800 um and then I've run like two 5ks before um and hopefully I'll I'll do more of that as well just trying to like branch out a little bit um but like ideally that would be kind of like the window like eight to 5k with 15 being like the focus but you do so you do higher mileage though oh yeah I do like I mean kind of depends on the the season and um time of year but like I think like, cause the 1500 is funny. I feel like you have people who do mileage that ranges from like, I don't know, like 50 to like 90. And so I'm definitely like probably the higher end of the range. Oh, that um, is high. Yeah. But I mean, that's not like, that's not all the time. That's just sometimes. Like when you're peaking um, in your season and whatnot. When I, like right now, huh? Yeah. Right now I'm probably like running like 85 ish miles a week, but that's uh-huh. also like, so I missed it, the indoor season. Um, just cause like, uh, I, had a stress reaction to my foot, unfortunately. So I'm just trying to kind of like play catch up a little bit with like the strength stuff before going into the outdoor season. How'd you handle that? Were you super bummed? Yeah, I like, I wish I could say that I handle injuries well. I, I don't do, I don't do a terrible job, I guess, but like I was just like pretty bummed. Um, and I think at least my perception is that like for other people, it's like, like an immediate, like you get right back into shape Mm. after being injured and for me it just like takes a really long time or at least it takes like a few weeks of like really just kind of like brutal training where I'm just like it's so hard and it's not like like on paper it's just like nothing that you want um so it definitely was a bummer but I think like it's funny with like with injuries like one is just like a part of the sport and so like I've at least learned to kind of like understand it as like you have to take it as it comes and just like roll with it. Um, and then two, I think it always seems like your fitness is never going to come back and like, you're so far away. And then all of a sudden, like you're back to where you were and like, it's almost like you've forgotten that it even happened. Um, so like in the moment, it's hard to remember that, but like, I always try to remind myself like three weeks from now, like you'll be completely fine. So yeah. You know, there are people listening that needed to hear that because (laughs) us runners get in our head about our injuries and you get so frustrated because you had your fitness built up so well and you were running so fast and it's not all gone. It just, you got to get back to it, but it's not all gone. Yeah. You just have to have like two or three, just like really 
tough weeks where you're questioning everything and then you're just like, (laughs) all right, like I'm fine. (laughs) So what are your biggest goals for the sport? My like big overarching goal is I would just really like to um, like represent Team USA at either World Championships or um, the Olympics. And so like that, that has been my like big goal through the sport. Um, And then this summer in particular, I really want to break four in the 1500. Okay. What's your PR right now? Is it 401? It's 401. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. It'll happen. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think uh, if I can just kind of like build on like, I feel like my whole career, I've just tried to like build each year on the last. And so like, I'm hoping if I can kind of just build upon last year, um, I'll get there. But yeah, we'll see. So where did you run the 401? Um, I ran that in Stockholm last summer. Um, okay. It was like the week after the trials. And how big of a PR was that? Uh, a two second PR. That's big. It was, so it, yeah, it was, a, it was a big PR. Um, it was also like, so I went into that race, like um, I wasn't expecting, like I saw it after the Olympic trials, I would have like a down mm-hmm. week or two. Um, and so I had planned to like, we were moving apartments. And so I planned to move that week. Um, so like took a red eye back to Boston from Eugene, like completely exhausted and then had to move um, and then got into this uh, race. And so I was like, well, I have to go. So like spent like four, like kind of like hellish days. Like oh. it was so hot in Boston Move and moving in Boston is like just a nightmare. Um, like moving all my stuff, like kind of had a breakdown where I was like, there's just like absolutely no way I can race in three days. Like I was like carrying my mattress up two flights of stairs and like, I, I don't, oh, like, no my way. Gosh. And, and so then, so like that made it honestly, like that made the PR though, like, so like, it was something I was like so excited about because like I went into that race being like, I, I mean, I could run like so slow right now. My legs are just like completely fried, but I think just like having that like, low expectation and just being like whatever I'm just gonna like go in and like see what happens kind of like took a little bit of the pressure off and then it ended up being good um that's so cool you know it's it is there is something about taking the pressure off that seems like we run faster yeah which is probably really challenging as a pro because there's a lot at stake for big races like for the Olympic trials and making world's teams and and just big diamond league races like there is a lot of lot at stake so you know you kind of like naturally had the pressure removed just because of life circumstances how can you like make that mental shift in everyday races yeah and I mean so that's that is like the hard part I've tried recently especially with workouts and so I'm gonna try to like move this to races as well to think because it is hard like at the Olympic trials like there's just like there just is pressure and there's no denying that um and there's no like you can't really change that either um but I think like my mentality this spring especially coming back from injury has been just like it doesn't have to be perfect but like just like get whatever you can out of yourself today and so that does kind of I I think I'm naturally kind of a perfectionist and so like sometimes if I'm working out and like the splits aren't perfect it like really frustrates me um so I've tried to like shift that to like you don't have to be perfect to like get better and like a race doesn't have to be perfect to still be a good race and so like making that mental shift I think can help even when it is like a high pressure situation um it's diamond league or whatever it's like just thinking like 
okay, just like whatever you do today is like, is going to be fine. And then, cause like, if you know that you've done what you can, like you can't really ask for anything else, you know? That's a really good mindset. Do you get nervous for workouts, like big giant workouts? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, but, but this is, but this is kind of helps where I'm just like, all right, well, it's going to be whatever it is. Or like, if I like don't feel good or something, I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just going to work, work through as much of it as I can. And like, if I like, I'll do it until I can't do it. And usually that actually ends up like getting you through the workout and like it ends up being fine. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, Helen, what's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I think pretty much what I was, what I was saying, just, uh, make team USA. Um, and then, so that's, that would be my running, running goal. Um, like career goal. I'd like to go to med school and then life goal. I would like to get a dog. A dog. <laughs> Haven't done that yet, but, uh, definitely want a dog. My son came home from school yesterday and he was like, Hey, can you get a picture of me and cadence? Cadence is our dog. Um, because they're going to put the dogs in the yearbook this year. <laughs> Oh, what kind of dog? She's a mutt. Like we just, she's got her at the Humane Society. She's old. She's 14. Um, oh. Yeah, we've had her for, we got her before we even had any kids. But um, wow. I thought it was so cute that they're putting dogs in the yearbook. Yeah, I love that. So good. Do you know, do you have any, I know that like a lot of people make these decisions once they're in med, med school um, before they, you know, choose to their residency. But do you have any idea of what kind of medicine you want to practice? Um, so I don't, I don't know, like super concrete what I would like to do, but I really like, um, genetics and then I really like, like endocrinology, um, and like how that, like, I mean, I've thought more and more, like, I do want to keep running in my life in like some way, even if it's not like, like, I'm not going to run professionally forever. Um, so I would like to kind of like work with athletes, I think, um, maybe on like the endocrine like side of things so oh that's so interesting do you pay a lot of attention to your hormones and whatnot not really (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no I do I don't do a great job of that but I think like like I like when I get like blood work done or whatever like I like to look at all the numbers just because I do think it's like interesting um but I don't really do a ton of like monitoring or anything um also just I feel like whenever I get blood work, all of my numbers are just very average. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> what okay. do I do with this? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, so, uh, I read the book, all the light. I, uh, what's it called? All light we cannot see. All the, all the light we cannot see. Um, last summer. So it was like a, a little bit ago, but I loved that book. I like thought it was just like, the writing was incredible and like you just got really sucked in. Um, so yeah, that, I, I, I would say that. Yeah. Um, um, and he has a new book as well. Uh, if anybody's interested. Who's the author? Uh, Anthony door. Okay. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't read that book, but I haven't. It's really good. Recommend. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to get that into my rotation. Uh, what, who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? So I don't know if this is a uh, like fun or motivating, but definitely kind of inspiring kind of on like the book theme. Um, I don't know if you know the author, Sally Rooney. Um, she wrote the book, Normal People. Oh, um, okay. And then this other book that I'm reading right now of hers. Um, and like, I think she describes like 
certain like feelings and experiences with like just like this crazy accuracy and so like I would just like love to pick her brain on like how she does that and like just like how she like comes up with her her characters and her like storylines because they all feel very like real um and I was like very invested in the book normal people and then this other book conversations with friends that I read of hers (laughs) okay so Julie Ann Stally I just interviewed her and she also recommended this book and so I had it on my list to take with us on vacation to read and then my sister was like I don't think you'll like it it's kind of depressing is that true uh is it normal people yeah I thought it was uh yeah it's kind of depressing (laughs) okay It's, it's good though it's like it's I mean like the characters in it are very very like vivid and like you get really into it but it also is kind of like it's like a bit of like a calm down after you finish it okay (laughs) yeah so maybe she was just like protect your heart on vacation (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) I do have it on my list still though because um it sounded it sounded good like your description and Julianne's description yes it's super good I would definitely recommend it um one thing we didn't talk about that I am just now remembering is about your grandmother Oh, yeah. So we have to talk about that. That is so cool. A random fun fact. um, Because yeah, so I'm not really like my family. I'm the only runner like in my immediate family. But um, yeah, my great grandma in like the 1920s uh, was a track runner and ran like the it was the 220 yard back then, but the had the world record for the indoor 220. I think I'm like, is this your great grandmother? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so never met her, Yeah, it's so wild to me though because in 1929 like were women even running? Like I feel like it was like the 50s or the 60s where like women were like allowed to run. Well, that was like the coolest thing about it to me was like she was kind of going against the grain with that. Like I think I mean this is like all coming from my, from my grandpa, but he said she had to have like a chaperone accompanying her to different races. And like, it was just a very, very different world. Um, yeah. And then ultimately she was supposed to run at the Olympics, uh, but was pregnant with my grandpa. So ended up not doing that, but, um, it was always like, I think something that was like very cool to my grandpa that I ran because it was like a connection that he had with like his mom. So yeah. Yeah. Is your grandpa still alive? Oh, no, sadly, he he passed away a few years ago. Oh, that is yeah. cool, though, that he got to experience seeing you do that. Yeah, and he would always send me, like, I mean, he gave me all of her, like, old, like, running stuff and, like, articles on her and stuff, I think, just to, uh, like, inspire me a little bit and stuff. So it's in the blood, that's for sure. There's the genetics yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, although I don't know if I could uh, really do that well in the 200. The 200. But- <laughs> But, you know, the 15 is still a shorter, shorter ish distance race. So there's definitely that's definitely coming from her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is your last message to leave with our audience today? So I would say one thing that I've learned like through running and like, you know, the ups and downs of the sport is just like, I think that just because like like you're like what you're doing you don't like love a hundred percent of the time or sometimes it's hard doesn't mean that it's like not worth doing and it doesn't mean that you should give up on it um because I think sometimes we have like an unrealistic expectation that like you should be like 100 percent happy doing what you're doing like 100 percent of the time and that's just not real life but like it doesn't mean that you're not like pursuing something that's uh also completely worthwhile um 
and like going to be ultimately fulfilling. That's really good advice. I love it. Thank you. So that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but yeah. Well, I think it's so true. I, I just, it makes me think of like, I mean, depending on where I am in my like cycle, I'm like just in a better mood and happier and more excited about what I'm pursuing. And then there's just some weeks where I'm just like, yeah, grumpy, like about everything. And so you just, you can't like let those weeks overtake your thoughts on the big picture. Yeah. And if I like, I mean, if I gave up like on this, like any time that I just was unhappy with it, like I would have stopped running a long time ago. And it's been like one of like the best things in my life that I've like, like happened upon. So I would just like, would never want anybody to like give up something uh, just because of like a, like a negative feeling in the moment, I guess. That's so good. Thank you, Helen. Yeah. All right, friends, thanks for being here today. We really appreciate having you listen to the show. Make sure you go check out our newest podcast in the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, Ready to Run. Big thanks to Prevenex and Gooder for supporting this episode of the podcast and ZocDoc. You can learn all about the sponsors of this show and everything Helen and I talked about when you go to sandyboyproductions.com and just click on the all have another tab. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and that's a really easy way to get the show notes delivered to your inbox. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on All Have Another.